The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen. After the first I heard the word penultimate, I knew I had to use it in a sentence. Unfortunately, I didn't pay too close attention to what it meant. I thought penultimate meant ultimate, ultimate. I was wrong. Penultimate means second to last or not quite ultimate. The meaning of penultimate is, uh, or confusing penultimate with ultimate, is like celebrating the semifinal victory as if it is the championship. Well, Nicodemus, in today's Gospel reading, confuses the penultimate with the ultimate, when he confuses flesh and spirit. Nicodemus was part of the people of God, who had been waiting since Eve's first child for the Messiah. In fact, Eve, after she births her first child, she exclaims, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. She testifies to the fact that it wasn't her, but God who gave her the child. 
She was penultimate, and this child would be ultimate. Of course, she was wrong about that child. That child was Cain. She would have to wait for another child to be the ultimate. Well, E's family eventually became Israel. And Israel was penultimately penultimate. Radically penultimate. All of its institutions and its practices were geared to being second to last. They existed to point towards something else. John the Baptist is the best example of the penultimacy of Israel. Already in the Gospel of John, he is there to give witness to the Messiah. When the Pharisees come and visit him, he says, I am not the Messiah. I am the voice, the one who's preparing the way for the Messiah. And then the last words in the Gospel of John, John the Baptist says, I must decrease so that he may increase. That is Jesus Christ. However, there is a group of people inside Israel that believe that their way was meant to increase and everyone else's was meant to decrease by joining into their way of life. For that group inside Israel, the ultimate life started by being born of a Jewish mother, otherwise known as a daughter of Abraham. Now this comes from a misunderstanding of today's gospel reading from Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 12, God promises Abraham to bless him, to make him a great nation, to make his name great. And if the reading stopped just there, Abraham and his offspring would be the ultimate. Nicodemus would be correct. People would need to be born a second time by climbing into the womb of a daughter of Abraham. But the reading continues. And in Genesis chapter 12, God promises to bless Abraham in order to bless others. Through Abraham, all nations will be blessed because he, in his whole life, was penultimate. Abraham and his descendants were fully themselves when they pointed everyone towards the Messiah and not to themselves or their way of life. Nicodemus thought the ultimate life was being born again through the flesh of Abraham by his mother. But Jesus in the Gospel has something else in mind. The ultimate life begins when Nicodemus is begotten from above by his Heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit. Those born of the flesh receive the penultimate life. But those begotten of the Spirit receive the ultimate life of being a child of God. Now the contrast between flesh and spirit is not antithetical. They're not against each other. But the contrast recognizes the penultimate will always just be that until it's fulfilled by the ultimate. 
The flesh will only amount to something earthly. At its best, the flesh can give you the best earthly life. But we've sinned. And because of sin, the flesh can't even give you that. The flesh cannot give you the best earthly life. In fact, the only thing that flesh can give you is an earthly death. However, because we however because of Christ, there's more. Yes, like Adam and Eve, sin has separated us from God and has destroyed our old life. There's no returning to it. What we need is a new life. A new life of God received through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. Jesus is surprised by Nicodemus and his desire to go back into his mother's womb because this would be a return to Eve. Nicodemus should remember because he's a teacher of Israel, the flesh is always penultimate without the Messiah. Jesus desires Nicodemus to receive the ultimate life by being begotten from above by the Holy Spirit, by the Heavenly Father, I should say, through the Spirit-filled water of holy baptism. In holy baptism, Nicodemus' bodily life will be fulfilled by the life in the Spirit. His penultimate life of the flesh will be consummated by the ultimate life in the Spirit, that life that looks like Jesus. For all the baptized, you are begotten from above by the Holy Spirit making you the spiritual man or the spiritual woman who is fully alive in your body, living the ultimate life as a disciple of Jesus, characterized by forgiveness, love, joy, compassion, mercy. For the world, the flesh will always be the ultimate with its status, money, and power. But at the end of the day, the flesh will count for nothing toward eternal life. It will always be penultimate. Baptismal life, the spiritual life, is really the ultimate because it gives your identity something that will never depend upon your history, who you think you are, your money, your power. Who you are, your identity will depend upon God and what he says about you and his love for you, this unconditional love. Being a child of God is the ultimate life because the baptized receive Jesus' identity and his gifts, his forgiveness, and his righteousness. Being a child of God is the ultimate because nothing can change it. This Lenten season will help us distinguish the penultimate and the ultimate by keeping them in their proper order. The ultimate life is not born of the flesh, but begotten of the Holy Spirit and holy baptism. Prayer, confession, fasting, and almsgiving are all practices to keep the flesh penultimate 
so that the spiritual life may flourish. And then at the Easter Vigil, we'll all remember our baptisms so that, Christ, that with Christ we would rise again to live the ultimate life in joy now and forever. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.